With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. You are now listening to Inside the Glass, one of five for Howling's NHL podcast, the one talking all things NHL news. My name is Rob Viano, joined by James Reeve and Carl Pavlik. Excited to have James with us, but uh, let's 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 get to the, right into things here because it's been a while, guys. A long time since we've been recording a podcast because, well, quarantine's kept us. Speaking of which, you know, how is quarantine for you guys? Uh, I, I'm actually not having too bad a time. I'm using it to uh, to do a lot more cooking. I bought a pasta machine. I've been making my own ramen. You know, classic sports writer things. Sounds good, right? <laughs> yeah, mine's, mine's been fine uh, over across the pond. I've actually been working a little bit, but, you know, I... Uh, enjoy being at home it's given me more chance to do a bit more writing myself so you know taking the best that i can with the time that i've got i feel that one of the things that sucks is uh right before the the hammer dropped of quarantine you know all in all sports canceled the day before i was covering a tucson roadrunners game and i'm like cool i'm just gonna write an article do what happens maybe do something talk about the playoffs that coming up and then obviously it hit i'm like well what do I got to do now? Uh, I went full time driving Uber Eats after that. Like, I had nothing. Oh, how was that? Uh, it's brutal. Like, it's fun because, like, I a couple weeks in, I traded up for a new car or newer car. And uh, it's still brutal, though. It's just like, you know, it's much, it's so monotonous. I just drive to and from and go, dude, and, touch, and just like, it's the same stuff. For about 10 hours a day ridiculous 10 hours wow <laughs> have you been getting decent tips I, i've been hearing conflicting things about how people have been tipping drivers lately it depends on the day there was some times when i would get like between like five to ten dollar tips per delivery and there sometimes we would get like 20 cent tips 20 cents wow yeah I, I mean I, at that before. point just don't even leave a tip yeah I, that, that was my <laughs> that that was the thinking i was having like I, I posted it on uh on twitter i was like yeah if you're gonna leave a, any tip that's less than a dollar like don't even don't, bother don't even bother like that's just that's just rude slapping literally it's better to not get a tip than to get a tip that's literally like small change <laughs> Because yeah. you know that they had to like plan that and be like, okay, I am actively choosing to tip this much. Because I use mostly uh, DoorDash and it's like, do you want like one, five, whatever? 
I don't even remember how yeah. it is. Uber Eats always asks, do you want a 15% tip, a 20% tip, or a 25% tip, or other? Oh, yeah. yeah do There's that. people giving other you 20 part. cents, click other every time. Yep. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, you know, it's still making decent money off of it. If I do, you know, the 10 hours a day for an entire week, I could probably make a good 1000 bucks. So, that's pretty good though yeah definitely uh below minimum wage i'm guessing oh yeah definitely i get about let's say about 20 dollars an hour give or take so i know i was a lift driver and it was kind of the same thing um there was good days there was bad everyone be really nice to any service people who are working right now and any insurance people, uh, because people need to be nicer to me. Yeah, there is a. I mean, there's just like a lot of people that, like, right now need need a little bit of extra boost because it's a crazy times right now. And it really is. But speaking of crazy times, the NHL is hopefully going to resume pretty soon. They are. They're already talking about and approving methods of returning. And the playoffs, guys, is going to look very different this year. Ghana's 16 teams. They're going to go straight 24 teams. And they're going to do playing games, playing other teams playing for seeding. Uh, who, who wants to go ahead and break this down for us? Because this is a pretty cool bracket. And, you know, I think this is going to be a pretty fun playoffs to watch should it come back. We're probably over a month away still. But what do you guys think? I mean, straight off the bat. It looks like they're completely doing away with the divisions, which I think is great. A lot of people have been wanting a straight seeded conference matchups uh, in the playoffs for a while now. So even with these playing rounds, it looks like we're getting that. So that's a good start and a good step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, I know a lot of people have in general not liked the playoff format. Um, there's always talk about like a team, a wildcard team winning the division, which I don't think anyone even really thinks about the divisions that way in the playoffs, but it, it does look pretty cool. It's hockey. So of course people are going to complain about something. And I have seen plenty of people complaining about this. Um, I don't necessarily get too much of why this is somehow worse than the 20 team playoffs that a lot of people are proposing. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's definitely a thing. Um, but yeah, I can read through the matches if you would like um, for the playing rounds, we have Toronto and Columbus, and then the winner plays Boston, Pittsburgh and Montreal winner plays uh, Tampa Bay, the Islanders and the Panthers, Winner plays Washington. The Hurricanes and the Rangers. Winner plays Philadelphia. And on the other side, Calgary Flames and Winnipeg Jets. Winner plays the Blues. Oilers and Blackhawks. Winner plays the Avalanche. The Canucks and the Wild plays the Gold. Or that's not right. Yeah, so the way that it works is there are teams that will be seeded for the first round. So at the moment, the, the seedings have not been officially decided. So the first seed in the East is Boston, 
who would play Toronto or Columbus, whoever wins that round. Currently second is Tampa Bay, um, who would play the Islanders or the Panthers, as far as I'm aware. Third seeding is Washington, who would play uh, either Carolina or the Rangers. And then the fourth seeding would be the Philadelphia Flyers, who would play the Penguins or the Canadians in the East. For the West, the first seeding is the Blues, who would play either Calgary or Winnipeg. The fourth seeding is Dallas, who would play either the Oilers in Chicago. Vancouver and the Wild, whoever wins that game, would go up against the second seed, who at the moment is the Avalanche. And for our very own Arizona Coyotes, if they can overcome Nashville, they would face the third seeding, who is currently Vegas Golden Knights. I was reading off of a Sportsnet tweet um, with the... I really like the brackets because they did an inverted color for everything. So, like, kind of, yeah, I've got that up as well. Yeah, but the the seating thing, like, it just does not work. They, it it looks like it should be one way if you are thinking about it, but it's not. Because I was like, it looks like we're going to play the Dallas Stars. That's not right. Um, yeah, it's all out of order, unfortunately, because it's it's ranked. Yeah, you just have to read into it a little bit more. You have to read. <laughs> everything on it yeah yeah it's an infographic on twitter uh i don't think anyone is going to read everything so if you look <laughs> at the top let's blame elliot friedman guys <laughs> and chris johnston and chris johnston and, yeah. yeah i i don't think any of them are doing the photoshop so no <laughs> somehow no nah, they just they just they just put the actual stuff together it's like all right this is what it's going to look like guys and then the graphic designers are like cool <laughs> But hey, technically, Arizona playoffs. How are we feeling about that, guys? Uh, pretty exciting, you know? I, I figured know. we would be a bubble team, and this is the ultimate bubble. Uh, like yeah. <laughs> if I could have predicted that, if I knew that that was an option, it's what I would have gone for. Like, global pandemic, the NHL switches to a playoff round system. Arizona barely scrapes into the playoff round. And hey, we're still above Chicago, so that's always nice. Yeah, the, you know, better to be 11 versus 12. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was... And also, it, it puts us up against um, a team that we're very familiar with in Nashville from the last time that the Coyotes were in the playoffs. Yeah. I would like to see the Coyotes and the Predators have, like, a, a bit more of a rivalry that you really get from just those playoff meetings. Uh, it's been far too long. I don't think it would have any kind of momentum. And I mean, but I think they will get a rivalry coming in soon though. Cause obviously as we know in a couple years, Arizona is going to be moving to the central. Thus they'll be playing more often. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like the Predators. I would like to see a, a friendly rivalry going on with them. And I think that yeah. in terms of a matchup, they're a pretty good one. Like, we struggled against the Wild this this past season, um, and I wouldn't want to meet them in the playing round. Yeah, and the Wild are such an unusual team as well. They're just one of those teams that are just not very exciting like to watch, and they grind out results in just a really bizarre way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely a, 
an interesting team to say the least. Uh, I don't know if they're really built to last much longer. They have like a lot of money in Suter and Parisi. I don't know how long those guys are going to be able to play. Yeah, and those contracts don't expire for like another six years or so. Uh, gotta, gotta love those contracts that, that were in existence from like the uh, pre last pre lockout pre lockout <laughs> people would sign 12 year contracts yeah those contracts don't expire until 2025 <laughs> and they have full no move clauses in them as well ouch they, they were like the last team or the last players to sign those big deals too because i remember there was uh, all the stories about the the wild owner being like hey Come on, guys. We need to get under control with these contracts. Yeah, I'm going to sign Suter and Parisi to 12 years each. Uh, that'll be fine. They'll be matching deals. It was just like it's nuts. When that happened, though, me and my friend, um, who's also a Coyotes fan, we were talking about how the Wild, it was like, wow, they're really going to be contending for the cup like over the next five years after they signed it. And nope. <laughs> It just has not happened. They're always that team that just kind of like floated under the radar and then just barely get into the playoffs in the skin of their teeth and then kind of fizzle out. Yeah. Like it's, just been that, it's just been that way for, for the last decade, really. Yeah, never going to really make it past the first round or even the second round or possibly into the second round, but not going to be good enough to tank either. Always a yeah. weird spot for your fan base to be in. Although, like, Detroit made it work for, like, 25 years, and people seem to like them. I mean, also, but they also won Cups for a, for a few of those years as well, so. Yeah, but that playoff streak that they had going, like, that was a selling point, and they were nowhere close to winning the Cup by the end of that. But people were still oh, just no. happy being like, yeah, we've made it into the playoffs for the last however many years. Yeah, it was like what 20, 26 years was there? Was there streak yes. like that? It was. I it think was, so. It was pretty long. So yeah. that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good numbers, and obviously you want to keep that going. Um, but obviously they couldn't. But yeah, if if it 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 shows you the difference though of play, of teams that can of how these NHL teams work and and how it works making the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to look more into this, uh, 24 team format. And, uh, the thing that, one thing that upsets me as a NHL fan is we won't be able to see until, until potentially way later in the playoffs, a battle of Alberta. I so don't care about the battle of Alberta. Man. (laughs) Dude, that's so fun one to watch. It is one of those things where, like, NHL fans, um, like, just general NHL fans are like, you got to care about, like, these division rivalries. And I'm like, no, I have no skin in the game for either Edmonton or Calgary. I don't necessarily, like, I wasn't a fan in the 80s, so that's not going to do it for me. Uh, and they just get out of hand. It's like, I don't want to see Connor McDavid getting like dragged down by, you know, clutch plays and just everyone 
a game being way more physical. Neither of those teams are built for that. But They're built for Mike, like. But seeing Mike Mike Smith and Cam Talbot duke it out at Center Ice, now come on, you want to you gotta enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, but I, that was like one moment. I'm not expecting to see that any other time. Uh, like, it would probably heat up if they make a playoff series, series out of it. I mean, if it's a playoff series together, you know that fists are going to be thrown like every chance they get against oh, yeah. each other because there's even there's more on the line in the playoffs. Like you saw how heated they got during the regular season, but them guys in a situation where they have a chance to reach the Stanley Cup Finals, yeah, someone's someone's getting bloody. Yeah, but you also got to remember, like you make a bad enough mistake, like you do the wrong hit. You got like a five minute major you're working on, like that could change a series too. Like, so I don't necessarily think it'll be the regular season because there is more on the line. So you're going to play a little bit smarter. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I mean, I you would hope. Killjoy. Yeah. I mean, you would certainly hope. <laughs> <laughs> If I don't care about Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, I, I certainly don't care about Calgary and, and Edmonton. So which which matchup in the playoffs are you interested in outside of Arizona? Outside of Arizona? Um, the Carolina Hurricanes are always a very intriguing team for me. I'm curious to see what they will do against the Rangers. I'm also curious to see if Henrik Lundqvist can just drag a Rangers team uh, with Panarin to like the second round of the playoffs. Cause I think that that's a fairly strong possibility. Right. Um, I yeah, know that they were true. one of two teams to not, or to vote against the 24 game uh, Format. Yeah, that was a strange one. Carolina and Tampa were the two teams that voted against the proposal. I'm wondering why Tampa did, though. Like, they they don't have to play that first round. Are they worried about being rusty, or did they just not like it? Yeah, it's always interesting to consider reasons why they might go against it. Is it because they might open with no fans to start and, you know... They kind of rely heavily on fans in Florida. If no fans are there, they're not getting any money. And those Florida teams, including the Panthers, like they tend to run it pretty close to the to the line a lot of the times. I know that Tampa Bay are a bit better, but mostly because they win a lot. But with no fans in the building, that's going to be quite pricey to run that team through the playoffs. I don't think there's going to be fans in any of these games. Yeah, no, like, there's going to be the there'll be no fans. I'm pretty sure the way these these teams are going to be make, making money is going to be revenue sharing off of the TV contracts. Yeah, you would certainly hope so. Yeah, and they got to be pretty large TV contracts for this for this round because it's obviously they want to try to make as much money as possible. Plus, it's not like there's a lot of other live sports you can really watch. Like no, exactly. You kind of a deal now you're in a decent bargaining position yeah um i'm looking at this i'm trying to look at let's take a look at arizona's path guys right now um, sure so assuming things are right so they'll, they'll face nashville in that play in round if they can beat that then they'll probably play vegas vegas if it if it uh 
if it stains because it says that these top four teams will play for seeding, but they'll probably play Vegas, which would be a fun matchup. Obviously, the uh, the two desert teams. Uh, honestly, I'd be excited for that because obviously, as a lot of people know on this podcast and also as well as Desert Dogcast and literally everywhere that anyone knows me, I do not like Vegas at all. <laughs> I so, wonder why. Yeah, exactly. Um, so to see Arizona beat them would be fun. But that would be uh, – how would you guys think that if Arizona gets past Nashville that that, that team – that matchup would look like? So there's a few things about that. Um, so obviously there's the whole, if they do play for seeding, um, how many games will they play? I'm assuming just once against the other three in the West. So yeah. Vegas will play three games right. before the first round technically starts. So Arizona could play up to five games if Nashville pushes them all the way. There could be the argument that Arizona, if they play more games, might be a little bit more game ready in terms of fitness and preparedness and things like that. So that could be quite a positive um, for the Coyotes to take into that round. But equally, when you look at their regular season record against Vegas, they were I think they were supposed to play them another three times before the season got cut. So their record in the first three games was one, one, and one. <laughs> so... At home, the Coyotes won 4-1. In Vegas, they lost 4-1, so that's even. And then they lost a 2-1 overtime game, I think, in Vegas as well. So, I mean, their their record against Vegas this year uh, was pretty even. Um, I know, obviously, the team tailed off a little bit in the second half of the season and inconsistency really crept in. But if they're able to get like like fired up and ready and they're healthy... And they stay healthy through the first like playing round. Man, they could really take it to Vegas, and I don't think Vegas will expect it necessarily. Yeah, I I always go back and forth on rest versus rust. That classic debate as to whether it's better to have played a bit before or be completely fresh. I especially in this situation where no one really knows what's going to be happening. Um, even the players at this point, I'm assuming don't know what it, this all is going to look like. Is there going to be like a short training camp? I'm assuming how long is that going to be? What are the details? Who knows? I, I do think the coyotes have decent odds of surprising Vegas, but I think Vegas also has decent odds of just like shutting the team down. Like they are, one of the better teams in the Western Conference for a reason. And I kind of expect them to show that in the playoffs a bit more, especially in kind of a weird situation like this. As of right now, who's who's your guys' uh, favorite to take the Stanley Cup if this is the final bracket and how everything plays out? Ooh. That's a tough one. For me, it's probably going to come down to, in my opinion, Boston or Colorado. Okay, okay. How about you, Carl? Uh, Boston's a good pick. I think Tampa is too good of a team to ignore. So 
I'm going to say them for the Eastern Conference. And, and I imagine that it's going to be a team that won a playoff round uh, getting in, and it's just going to make everyone furious. And I think the team that kind of exemplifies that is Calgary. Whoa. Okay, okay. That would that, be interesting to see. Um, me personally, obviously I can't uh, I can't shy away from Boston right now because, like, you know, from the last time the play was happening, they were dominating the league left and right. you got to be my pick on the East. Uh, if the Western team could be... It's much harder on the West, I would say. You know, just 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 because I might put a little bit of uh of bias into mine and gravitate towards a former favorite player of mine, or still favorite player, but obviously on my, uh, and that would be Joe Pavelski and the Dallas Stars. Oh, interesting. I don't see that happening, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, I mean, you're wrong, but. <laughs> I mean, remember Carl when I said uh, Boston versus San Jose in the Stanley Cup final? And I was one. I was uh, I was one for two. I got one right last year. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just look at Colorado though. I mean, Dallas like they finished third in the West in the Central Division before the pause. They scored 180 goals uh, that season. Arizona scored 15 more goals than Dallas. To be fair, for I Dallas, mean that's yeah. saying something. <laughs> I'll yeah. say to be fair on on their part is uh, like Dallas's first half was like the inverse of Arizona, where like they started off really slow. Like they were terrible in that first half. Like so they flipped. <laughs> yeah, they flipped. It's like they started they started ramping up just later on. Um, and the Colorado yeah. man, they're just so more yeah. offensive. <laughs> If Dallas had like flipped and had been successful actually going into the playoffs, I would have said that you maybe have a point, but it's been like a month and a half, so I don't think that counts. Yeah, I guess that goes into the rust argument as well, then for Dallas. I mean, this goes for everybody now. We'll see how that goes because is it gonna is it gonna work? But I mean, so these teams are gonna have training camp or like a training camp before the season, I think. What's probably going to happen in, in like would be like let's say mid June to late June they might start camps and then let's say mid to late July is when the playoffs actually start. Like we're still looking a pretty pretty deep away because this isn't going to happen right away. No, I mean all they've really agreed on right now is that a twenty four game proposal is fine, but the NHL still has a lot of legwork to do to actually get it to where it's actually able to start i mean especially when they're still trying to decide what these hub cities are going to be yeah it's how many did they get it down to because i remember they're looking at four then like five is it eight now eight hub cities. it's all over the place no hub cities like it's going to be just like in your home city they don't want to do the hub i don't think anyone knows i i honestly just with everything that's going on, I don't want Arizona to be a hub city. But if there are know, hub cities, Doug, I know Arizona's going to be one because... Because uh, Doug Ducey yeah. lifted it. 
Yeah. The, the fact that it was lifted and immediately you just saw a bunch of people in CASA in Tempe, you're like, nope, our, our, our state's not smart enough for this. Uh, we can't be responsible. And I, I would rather not risk it. Yeah, I mean, in general, to be fair for these hub cities is like they might do what the what the MOB was hoping to do or is, is essentially, you know, the teams, the entire like all the teams are pretty much like quarantined in a building. And literally the only time they leave is to go to the arena for like morning skate or practice or, you know, or the games and then back. Like there's literally no interaction with other people or anything. It's just to and from. And that's it. Um, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a tough old slog for for the players to get through like two months or more of playoffs if that's literally how they're living their lives. And is that going to be like the staff too? Like, is the equipment manager going to be under that same level of scrutiny? I would assume like, like they would have to be because they're managing because like the equipment managers are managing stuff that the players are going to be touching. You know, you don't want these players to somehow. You know, the equipment manager somehow gets something and then they transmit it to the players or whatever. Um, plus, I think that's also- an assumption that I'm not willing to allow for the NHL. I think I said it in the the last podcast we did when this just started. The NHL couldn't get mumps under control uh, and didn't really tell anyone about it. I don't trust them to do this. Yeah, that's why I've been calling for the season to be canceled for the longest time. Because as much as I want to see hockey be back and I want to watch playoff hockey, it's like my favorite thing of in the in any given year. It's just right now there's just so much going on. I just don't know if I can really faithfully say it's safe to play sports in the right now in the U in North America, like. What's interesting as well, it looks like they're just completely ruling out um, Canadian cities as well. Like they're pretty much saying that there's going to be no hub cities in Canada and it's all going to be in America. Which, I mean, Toronto just eased their restrictions and got that nice photo of a bunch of people in the park together. That uh, I was glad, you know, it's not just Americans who are messing things up badly. Uh, oh no it's everywhere yeah uh let me ask you guys this um just as a general reading of the atmosphere right now how many people do you see wear masks when you go outside to like a grocery store or anything uh it's it's not that much i mean i'll 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 say when i go to restaurants and stuff to pick up food for uber eats to doordash then yeah i see maybe about one in every like eight people which is not a lot um i'd probably say i see a bit more um but we are a much smaller country so um i went to the supermarket yesterday um pretty much all of the staff apart from like two people were wearing masks i saw i maybe saw about eight other like customers and maybe about three three of them were wearing masks myself and my wife were wearing masks as well when I go out, it's it's the people who are working there, hopefully, and myself, and that's pretty much it in the places I go to in Phoenix, um, which is not good because Phoenix is full of people. And for me to get to the store, I usually have to walk past the three homeless people who basically live at the bus station 
one guy without shoes, uh, which was terrifying because it's a hundred degrees out now. So uh, yeah, Arizona. Yeah. If I had <laughs> extra shoes, I would have just given that guy a pair of shoes because I know how hot it is to walk around outside and barefoot. But but yeah, I mean that's the general population. And as much as the NHL wants to make us think that it's gonna be this perfectly secure bubble, it's not. You you know it's not. There's going to be someone who has contact for something, and this is disease. It can happen, and no one can really be 100% sure about anything. Now I know- and this is also led by Gary Bettman, who cannot negotiate a collective bargaining agreement to save his life, so I have no idea how he's going to be able to negotiate a virus. There's a... Um- a great book about Gary Bettman, and it talks about him negotiating a TV contract. Takes this guy to this really terrible neighborhood in New York City. He's like, this is the mob restaurant. All the mobsters are here. And they have like a dinner. They're negotiating the deal. And it's like, you know what? I didn't get what I wanted, but sure. They go outside. He's like, all right, I'm going to get this car. There's no taxi cabs. And it's 1 a.m. in New York City. And the guy's like, uh, are you going to give me a ride? He's like, I don't know. You want to negotiate that deal? Like Gary Bettman can get shit done if he wants to. He just he just doesn't. Yeah, I don't think he's great at it with players, like a large group. But one on one, him and a representative, there's a reason he's a commissioner. And a lot of people in can in uh, in Canada hate him for not allowing any more expansion teams in Canada. I mean that is ridiculous. To be fair, I mean Canada, like. Hockey is number one in Canada. True. Like to have such a disproportionate no. amount of teams. No, the, the difference, I think the difference is, and in, in, uh, I had a former co host of mine of Inside the Glass make this point. And he says, like, right now, it's the reason because cause the Canadian dollar right now is so weak that it, it, it can't take you much. It can't take you far. So, Quebec City, they, you know, they could try to get that, get the, the amount of money needed, but. Uh, I think if Quebec really wanted to, they'd definitely do it. I I remember all of the articles I had to read back when the Coyotes were talked about being relocated to Quebec. There was one candidate did a study, and they're like, "All right, there's four pillars that we need to have a successful hockey team: fan base, wealth, Canadian dollar, uh, forgetting." probably a couple. One of the big ones was sponsorships because that's how a lot of these buildings run. It's how a lot of teams run. There's a lot of corporate sponsorships needed. And they're like, you know, we think in Quebec city, the sponsors will come from around the area. Quebec city doesn't have the corporate sponsorships that's needed for a team, but we think they'll navigate there. And it's like, you can't have a pillar of your success be like, ah, this will work out you can't speculate that kind of stuff it has to be set in stone yeah and in general like even if the canadian dollar was really strong right now it fluctuates all the time because of course it does all currencies do but when you're having to pay your players in american dollars like you don't want to have that same level of money risk no one does In Canada, they talk about um, Halifax actually being another candidate city. Um, It's like the fastest growing city in Canada at the moment. 
It's got a good population size. It's got decent wealth over there. They reckon that um, having a team out there could really like help um, on the eastern side as well. Heck, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mind the move there to work to work to cover that team. Halifax seems like a decent place to potentially live. You also see talk about another Toronto team, which I don't think the Maple Leafs are ever going to let happen. Nah, <laughs> no chance. Like, not going to allow that. Uh, Canada's going to get a second team near Toronto over a bunch of dead bodies because it's going to be like, nope, we are not Hamilton. Yeah. Nope, too close. Get get away. You are infringing on the monopoly that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hundred percent. I'm sure Vancouver is slightly like upset about Seattle. I mean, they're pretty close, but like really close. Yeah, we'll see how that one goes. How that one goes down between the fans. I think Vancouver fans, from like just seeing their reactions, I think they're looking forward to having that as a rivalry because it's so close. Like they could go to more Vancouver games if they wanted to hop the border and stuff like that. Yeah, but I remember people saying that the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild were going to be a natural rivalry because they're so close. And I don't. They're not even that that close, though. Yeah, they're not that close, though. Winnipeg, Winnipeg is literally in the middle of nowhere, and it's like so far to go down to Minnesota. Like Vancouver to Seattle is like maybe a couple hours drive, but from Winnipeg to Minnesota, it's like a solid half a day. Yeah, but it's Minnesota. What else are you going to do? That's like um I Don't watch the Twins. <laughs> I watch the Vikings when the NFL's going. I think they've got options. Uh I listened to a podcast and the person used to live in Iowa or one of the Midwest states. He's lived in so many. And he would talk about going to Wisconsin or going to Minnesota to go to concerts. And it's just like three states over to go see Prince, which yeah, it's Prince. I would do the same thing, but yeah, the I think in the Midwest and other areas of the country, you're more willing to travel. Like people in Arizona have no problem with driving six hours to go to Los Angeles. Well, yeah, here on the, I mean here on the West Coast, it's like these states are so much bigger that like <laughs> it feels so much longer. Like yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. I just. Uh, couple weeks ago took a for for mother's day took a quick trip to visit my parents in san jose that, that was a 13 14 hour drive from tucson Whoa. i have done the drive um san jose from phoenix it is not fun it's not i-10 and i-5 are not, not if i drove for 13 hours i would literally be in the middle of france <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, it is crazy how big these states are, and how just there's nothing in the middle. So it's deserts, couple of rest stops. Um, that's why my friend was like, "Why didn't you just stop in like L.A. for the night and just sleep there and do two six-hour drives?" It's like, because I got nothing to do in L.A., might as well just do it all in one day. <laughs> that must have taken like i mean i my grandparents only live about an hour and a half away from where i'm from and driving there and back in a day like that's three hours of driving i'm knackered by the end of that that is uh most americans commute every day that's kind of ridiculous 
good thing about everything that's going on. A lot more people are working from home, so it's not dealing with the massive Phoenix traffic. Uh, I saw LA traffic's getting back to normal, though, so. Fantastic. Here comes the second spike. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I just, the fact that they're talking about coming back now, it, I think a lot of people are going to take it as a sign that things are fine and that you can relax and ease up on everything that you've been doing. And I really don't think that's the case. I really wish the NHL was better at being like, hey, so we're talking about the playoffs. These are the concrete steps that we're going to take. I need you guys to realize how serious we are about this and you should treat your own life seriously. But right now they just aren't doing that. Yeah. And you got to wonder like the teams that are not being included in this playoffs, you got to wonder how many of them are kind of like sighing like with relief that like, as like players that they don't have to get involved in that. I mean, the Ottawa senators, like they were obviously never going to be involved in this but they had a bunch of cases from their players. They haven't announced who it was, but I mean, as players, they're probably like super grateful that their team was terrible this year. I'll, and I'll tell you right now that like, I'm, I'm partially relieved that my sharks were actually really bad this year. Cause I don't, cause they don't have to worry about this playoffs year this year. I mean, I'm terrified if the, if the, if the Leafs like get past Columbus and they've played Boston, they're going to go up against Brad Marchand, who will probably be trying to lick everybody and spread it around like, geez. <laughs> they're going to make Marchand wear like a handful lecture mask. The they're literally going to, he's going to have to wear like a full, like a full like face visor or like cage just to stop him from getting like too into the game. I swear. Plus they'll probably have to like tape his mouth or something. Even on top of that. Can they do that even when the virus is gone? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I'd like uh, that. I wouldn't mind. But there was all the talk um, when things first started. They're like, should we just resume the season at the end? And it's like, no. The Detroit Red Wings are not going to risk anything for this. Yeah, that's exactly like, could you imagine that? Detroit looking at it being like, right, we've got to play like 10 10 more games or whatever it is. We know that we're last. We're going to stay last. Is it worth it? No. Be like, yeah, we're not ever going to ice the team. Uh, we're just going to bring up the AHL team. They'll play. Now, what, what, what I find even more interesting about, about about all this, too, is the fact that uh, if this were to fit, go through, the playoffs wouldn't be done until, let's say, like late August, mid-September, you know, depending on how long these series last. That means we're looking at the next season not starting until, like, December, maybe even the new year. Yeah. Which, first off, before we even get to that, could you imagine the Coyotes playing at home in August? That ice is garbage. I don't. I don't care. It's not great during the regular season in August in Arizona. I don't. They might as well be swimming. Yeah. yeah. Like they'll make it work. But, yeah, they'll like yeah. they'll like pump up the uh, those like cooling pipes underneath to try to make it as keep it as good as possible but even then like like it might melt like the for that top layer might melt very briefly and then it'll refreeze over which we know is terrible i mean you've got to assume though that 
if the arenas are empty, that they'll be able to turn like all the AC on and just try and like freeze out that that arena because they won't have to worry about like the fans being comfortable or anything. Or even like just take out some seats and like bring in like other air conditioners just to secure the ice. That that may actually be a good thing. Uh, NHL, please send me royalties for your super icy arena idea that you're going to steal from me. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't that be fun? But but yeah, it's it's interesting what this playoff is going to look like, and then what next season is going to look like. No one knows that either, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of terrifying, but kind of fun. There's a lot of talk that it might not start until um, like December, the new season. It's crazy. And then there's talk about the the contract sliding too, which that uh, that'd be yeah. I mean, the latest I saw on that was having the contracts slide until the end of July. But if the playoffs run through August, they're going to have to look at sliding them again. Otherwise, a bunch of teams are just going to have like half their half their roster disappear by that point. Could you imagine that? that happening and like a star being like, Nope, uh, I'm going to negotiate my deal now in the middle of round two. Uh, oh, that'd be Taylor big. Hall. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that would that, be nice. It would be not hockey at all. And everyone would turn on them, but uh, the players usually don't have a lot of bargaining power in these kind of situations. No. If it was in the middle of the playoffs, that would be just uh, such a power move. I'd respect it. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, having a player on your team, you get to the next round, and then suddenly they've signed a deal for the for the player that you've got to play in that next round, and they just suddenly sue up for them? That'd be nuts. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I want that. <laughs> no, that <laughs> turn... No, that would hockey into wrestling. That'd make good ratings. That would. <laughs> it would literally be like the NHL became the XFL version of the NHL. The XHL. Uh, there we go. Literally. I mean, it's already a weird playoff. Let's just get crazy. Uh, so I'm gonna float an idea actually. So I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, and he came up with an idea of having after the resumption of play, just before the new playoffs starts, but a, but a second trade deadline, and it all falls on one day that all these teams, including the teams that are not involved in the playoffs, can suddenly trade whatever they want for just one more day, live televised event. They have a day to suddenly do more trades, and then the playoffs can start. What, what do you think about that? Be uh, I think it'll be disappointing. Uh, people are going to be like, oh, this is going to be the greatest idea. But NHL teams are so conservative. Like, they're going to be like, no, no, no. We trust our guys. We trust them. And a lot of, a lot of NHL GMs are, yeah, they, they choose not to go crazy. Um, although, like, they, they, they reserve their craziness for that one day of the year, that the regular trade deadline. I don't know if they're, ready to, if they're willing to do it again. They got given a second shot. You don't think John makes all of the trades? Chaker will try and get something done. I could see it happening. I I don't think NHL fans would 
the trade deadline and trading in general. I think everyone's very nostalgic for the days of blockbuster trades that just, I doubt it would ever happen. Although this year we did acquire both Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall. So what do I know? (laughs) Imagine it. One extra day to make trades to help the Coyotes who know that they're in the playoffs or the play-ins at least to try and get further in the playoffs. Uh, I saw an interesting idea, and I don't remember who I saw it from, but the loser of the play-in round gets the winner's draft pick. I I saw that as well, but there's a lot of, like, confusion and concern about that because of the Coyotes and Vancouver having traded away their picks. Yeah, You could just pick, though. Let's be honest. The NHL has added picks to to rounds before. They gave the New Jersey Devils back their pick from the Ilya Kovalchuk thing. It could happen. You could make it work. Uh, just wherever Arizona's pick would have fallen, just like one beneath it, give the benefit to Ottawa. I think that would definitely give teams a lot more to play for. It would be interesting. It would be. It would be. How about this, guys? I've been uh, perusing through some of the news and whatever, and something I almost forgot about that happened last week that I wanted to mention is, did you guys see uh, Akima Liu's Players' Tribune article? Yeah. I've seen a lot that has come out of it. Yeah. Uh, what... Let's talk about the uh, like some of the response and or let's say lack thereof because people have been trying to reaching out to NHL players on 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 the article and no one seems to be willing to make any comment. I have seen a few comments. Um, none of the big players, though. So none of the, like the first name players. Um, I saw Robin Lear said something which people construed as a comment, and then he followed that up with me. Like, I didn't even read that article. I was just talking about my everyday life. Here's what I actually think. Um, but, but yeah, I, I didn't expect NHL players to say anything. They are – they won't even talk about the game after the game. But I, I wish some of the bigger players, some of the major names, would come out and say something about stuff like this. Because – it happens. I think everyone knows that it happens more than anyone is willing to talk about. Right. And I'm willing to bet a lot of players think that it's messed up, um, but they just don't want to be the one who says it. Which I think is a shame. Um, I think, I think if you're a player of such influence, you should be stepping forward and saying something in that that sort of situation. I mean, you're a role model for kids, like of all colors and creeds. If you're not saying something, that's kind of like a deafening silence to me. Yeah, my I, I've always had the the belief, you know, um, that not doing anything is the same as saying some, is being something doing saying something negative because you're essentially not. You're not telling the other guy, you're not telling them to say, hey, that's not okay. And that's pretty much letting them keep, letting them continue to do it. Um, and honestly, like right now, like, again, like you, 
and it, you're going to like see it for a while in, in a sport like hockey, like in a sport like hockey, like, you know, racism and, and, you know, any other kind of discrimination. And you're just going to see that happen because it's, it's an elitist sport right now. It's still among some people and it's still very sad. It's a very expensive sport to play. So, it, um, you know, the audience tends to be of an, of a upper class it's also was the last major professional sport to integrate. Um, yeah. And that is not great. You And you get stories of just from all levels of racism, of discrimination. And it it's very unfortunate. It, in a season where... Don Cherry being fired was a major story because he said things that sounded xenophobic because they were. Uh, and the fact that he finally, after years of saying things like that, got in trouble for it is kind of telling in a, hey, we're trying to get better about this, but we still have a long way to go. I think the the player articles in general are a great insight into hockey and allowing people who generally have been taught from the time they're 12 to have no strong opinions about anything mm -hmm. and giving them a chance to have, express that. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I like about these players tribune stuff like i like I, I try to read it a lot more often because i like to see what some of these players have to say about literally anything and then so when this thing came up and i read it i was like oh crap this is this is some serious stuff some stuff is fun some stuff you get you hit this and you're just like oh wow yeah i remember the john scott was probably the big one that i remember reading um and mostly because he was with the coyotes are in that story. So it's of course something that I need to read. Um, I did see in that article, I believe Steve Downey was personally mentioned as being one of the bigger instigators. And I'm like, ah, coyotes, why? Yeah, I find Which it is a very selfish way to look at it. Um, I find it crazy too, because uh, you know, not only because this wasn't even the first like the like one one of the big stories this year regarding discrimination because we had a a was it a Rangers prospect right earlier this year who was doing a Zoom chat in the early early stages of quarantine and then Andre Miller yeah and yeah. then uh, some someone put in the comments you know some very disturbing stuff. And that was a fan. So, I mean, that, and it still tells you, it's just everywhere. Like, if the people just don't under, like, under, understand that th these guys are just trying to, you know, like, they're making a living out of, out of this stuff, and they, they live what they do, and they don't want to, like, but they don't want to have to deal with this stuff. Every, like, they already, especially, it's just annoying to me. Like, And it's not even at the professional level. I think in the 10 years ago that it feels like, but probably earlier this season, a a minor league coach or not even that, like a, a rec coach 
um, had the parents be racist towards him. And it's just kind of prevalent in the culture, unfortunately. And I think at all levels, both, you know, at the top and at the bottom, like fans need to be like, yo, this is not acceptable. This is not something that we should have in our sport. If you are like this, leave. I'd like to see a bigger movement like that amongst the fans because I don't necessarily see it coming from the top anytime soon. And again, it, yeah, it has to start like, like at least, at least the fans got to come together and do that. But you definitely want to see, you know, a couple major players up top in the NHL make some kind of comments. And that's why, um, you know, you had a couple guys try to reach out to Sidney Crosby, reach out to Connor McDavid for a comment because, you know, a comment from them would make miles of a difference. That's like what I was saying earlier. They are literally like icons of the game right now. And they have children, like from however little, all the way up to being like teenagers playing the game, playing rec hockey or in juniors or whatever level they're at, looking up to them. And if these players speak out against it, that can send shockwaves right the way down and make people like being brought up think about their actions and think well these guys are saying it's wrong it must be wrong we need to do more yeah or even like a situation where a kid sees a player like Crosby say it and then he sees something happen in his locker room it's like all right Crosby stood up I'm gonna stand up because that's what the leader does that's what the captain does whenever you see shit like this he shuts it down. That'd be yeah. awesome if that could start happening at all levels. Yeah, one like it, it, that's how it always. I've always thought you know it's like it starts a domino. You know, once you got that 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 one big guy to do it, then it's, it starts it starts to spread out. Other people are going to start about start speaking out and saying the same thing, and then eventually we're going to start doing better. Obviously, I don't think we're ever going to get to a level where they like. Like, you know, a lot of minority players will feel 100%, you know, safe from discrimination. But, you know, they can you can get to a level where it's minimized, at least. And I think that's where we're hopefully trying to get. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, agreed. There was one more thing I just, I just saw and I wanted to mention, but I totally just lost it, too. I am... I mean, I'm surprised we haven't talked about the Roadrunners yet. Ah, the, the Pacific Division <laughs> champions. Pacific Division champions. Uh, ha- asterisks. Yeah. Uh, uh, should, should I get one of those shirts and in, in like Sharpie and asterisk right next to? Me? <laughs> I, I kind of want to. Uh, I shared this in the group Slack page, but the Roadrunners had a Mother's Day special where you could get. It was four tickets and a Kachina jersey for a hundred bucks, and I wanted to get it just for the Kachina jersey. Those Roadrunners. I mean, that looks amazing. I'm not gonna lie. The Roadrunners Kachina are um, so nice. I love them. I, I am planning to write an article in the next week or two about asterisks and why it has such a negative connotation in sports, but it really shouldn't. Um, but but yeah, I was wondering how they were gonna proceed with that. Uh, when I wrote about the AHL season ca- ending, 
I did not refer to the Roadrunners as the Pacific Division champions very much as a choice to be like, I don't want to give them that crown unless like the AHL also steps in. It's like, yeah, it's fine. You could call yourselves that. And I guess they did. I mean, they doubled down on that as well by having like a, um, like a competition where you could win. Um, you could win like a prize from the team. And it literally was other than the Roadrunners who have won two division titles in the last three years. So they they are fully fully confident that that division title is theirs. Yeah, I sure hope they don't try to raise a banner though. See, like I like I love covering the Roadrunners and I love doing stuff like that, but a banner ceremony would be a little much. Did they? It would be a... almost like the Nashville Predators <laughs> with their banners. <laughs> they with that time yeah, they raised like three banners. They had the what was it? The uh, President's Trophy, Western Conference champ- regular season champions, and Central Division champions. She's like, you don't need the raise all three. I know, literally. Yeah, the President's Trophy says all of those, uh, unless you don't know what division they're in. But I mean, you gotta celebrate what you can. Why not? If the especially really do it, especially with Arizona hockey, like if they can look to their AHL team and be like, well, look to two division championships in the last three years, it's kind of a positive spin for hockey in the state. I mean, that part I get because you're trying to grow the sport a lot more here in Arizona. Um, Tucson has already grown a lot. And I think, uh, and I can, I can tell you that because I've, I've been following even the youth programs here and they're still like, I think it went from like the first year I was covering them to the to the most recent it was like it, it's grown exponentially that's a good thing um so i think that's why they want to do that just because they want to help grow the sport more more here especially here in tucson do we know did any of the other teams do it like the other division winners um i don't know that's uh <laughs> that's yeah problem. i don't know about, You're that, about so. ahl hockey so you should know um <laughs> AHL division champions. Let's see. You just got to look. So let's let's take a look at the Providence Bruins. Man, people make fun of the Metro division, but the AHL has a North division uh, and an Atlantic. That's just terrible. I mean, they've got. They've got a few teams all up in on Ontario and like Maine and all like around that sort of area, don't they? Yeah, they also got uh, one of the North Division teams is Utica. Oh, yeah. Good old Central New York. Wait, no. Every t- I always forget about the Comets, but whenever I hear Utica, I just think of the office. <sighs> yep. I, I just think of growing up in Western New York and being like, I'm fr- I've probably been to Utica once. There's nothing else to do, so. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, Providence Bruins webpage, and I don't see anything that says Atlantic Division champions. I'm looking at the Milwaukee Admirals page as well to see, because didn't they win one? Because their coach won, like, AHL Coach of the Year. Yeah, they were the Central Division. I've not seen anything. The Twitter page. Yeah, I'm on the uh, the Admiral's Twitter page right now. I'm not. I'm not seeing anything. 
So I'm assuming the reward one was the only ones that did it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great look for them. Yeah. I mean, luckily it's the AHL, and I don't think anyone necessarily cares too much. Um, I mean, it's but... a, it is the second largest uh, league in North America but for hockey. Let's see. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, that's fun, though. I mean, but it's not like we we didn't see it get like roasted online. So yeah, no, I don't know. If, if it's what the team wants to do and the the league's fine with it, sure. I think it's kind of silly, but I think a lot of this stuff is in general kind of silly. Just hockey can be a funny sport all the time. I mean, they try hockey gets taken very seriously. They try hockey is trying to do what it can to increase its presence in the North American market because right now it still sits at number four out of these major leagues. Okay, so when the AHL announced the cancellation, so on the AHL's official website, it says, the AHL standings sorted by points percentage and statistics as of March 12, 2020, are considered final and official and will serve as the basis for determining league awards for the 2019-20 season. So technically... So the Roadrunners are just on top of their game. Like, the problem yeah. is Bruins are just missing out on a marketing opportunity. As well as 100%. the Admirals and the Senators. Because if you're looking at points percentage, it would be, it would be that. I mean, so, in, yeah. in general, like, we could be talking about how the Tucson Roadrunners have been a successful team since relocating. Like, that's a really good story. Especially, yeah. I don't remember them having much success when it was a different team every other year like, plus the fact that we have like, different coaches team, so. yeah but like if you're having agreement that like has a two-year contract they're not necessarily going to be looking out for your players in the same way like the portland pirates have a different idea of how they need to run versus what the tucson roadrunners do yeah and i feel like the organization overall is finally just sort of really realizing the potential of having a legitimate like development system in both the AHL and the ECHL, a bit like other like teams that have been successful with that, like the Leafs with um, the Marlies and now with the Newfoundland Growlers, like they've got teams close by that they can really watch their young guys develop. And now obviously with the rapid, rapid rush, um, the Coyotes are kind of starting to look that way inclined as well, which is, I think, a really positive step. I mean, especially after the relationship with the comments was the relationship with the comments, which I could only tell from every Fort Wayne comment like article being like, no, 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 we'd like to run ourselves. We don't care about having an NHL team like us we're gonna run things the way we brought to it's like uh that's not how your league works man yeah yeah especially in echl like echl is is weird in the case where like yeah a lot of these teams want to have their independence but at the same time like yo, you kind of got you kind of want to have 
your farm system in there too so you can have entry-level players like from the like nhl going to the ahl and everything like that like it helps to grow the game because you can say hey you know we're the you know the rapid city rush we're the uh we're the official echl affiliate of the arizona coyotes that can that can bring in more people and you know it's Especially if they start sending out like guys that need a little bit of time in the ECHL to develop before they start progressing up through the levels as well. Like Arizona Coyotes fans will be interested to see I mean, where guys go. The uh, goal like the goaltending for the Coyotes goes as deep into the ECHL. Like they've got yeah, Merrick played there last year, right? Yeah, Merrick Madsen he played down there. Um, I think. Uh, Couple others did for a while, and then they got brought up. So it uh, happened. Think... We see that all the time. Was it uh, Prospetov? It or... was Prospetov. Yeah, I was thinking of yeah. his name, and I was trying to remember it as as I was talking. But yeah, Prospetov was in the ECHL to start off with, and then he came up and he yeah, he crushed wrote... it in four games. Yeah, <laughs> five games. I wrote a post about how uh, David Schlemko went from the Arizona Sun Dogs in the CHL all the way up to the NHL. And that serves two purposes. One, I really like that story. I think it's very inspirational. And two, the only reason I know that there's an Arizona Sundogs team that's ever existed is because there was an NHL player who made it from there. Like, that's great marketing for the team. It couldn't save them, but that's more failing of the CHL as a whole. When did the CHL kind of like fold into the ECHL, like with the East Coast League? I was gonna guess, but I'm gonna look it up so I don't look like a fool. <laughs> 2014. Uh, yeah, I 2014. I thought 2013. What year was it? 2014. 2014. Okay. The Sundogs finished 8th out of 10 that season. Not bad. <laughs> Could be worse. Could be, yeah, didn't finish bad. bottom. Didn't finish at the bottom. <laughs> uh, not, not good enough to make it into the league. Hang on, wait. There was a San Antonio Iguanas team? That I need that. I need that jersey. By the way, something I uh, think could be fun to mention too, I was looking at some of the AHL stuff. I think, I believe this is the last, um, or potentially the, the last season that the San Antonio Rampage are going to be the yeah, San it is. Rampage. Because they're, they're moving to Vegas, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to be in Henderson, right outside Vegas. What did, what, did they announce what, the, what team name they were going to be? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. I know that wasn't there a minor issue with the funding that I think went through for the arena? I don't know. All, all I'll tell you is uh, officially the like on jobs on a job board, the Vegas Golden Knights have a opening for the play by play of their AHL team doesn't say the name no it does not say the name and it says you gonna apply you know 
as much as I don't like Vegas and their organization, I could apply just because I have play-by-play experience, a lot of it. I mean, in general, I think you don't necessarily have to like the franchise that you work for. I, it, it, well, here's the here's the thing, and this is like then this is a point that an old friend of mine, or I say not really old friend of mine, but like a good call, good colleague of mine. Uh, t- Tom Callahan, former play-by-play guy of the Nashville Predators, former play-by-play guy of the Tucson Roadrunners from a couple years ago, uh, told me is you become a fan of the team you work for because they'll be giving you the money, so you, you know, kind of go in that in in that way. So I wouldn't mind. It'd be weird to me, but I mean, I I would say, hey, you know, it's it would be uh, definitely be an interesting gig to have to be a play-by-play of the ahl team of the team of the na of the team i hate the most for the, in the nhl so i mean maybe don't, don't put that on the application <laughs> hopefully they're not hopefully they're not listening to this <laughs> uh, they're like all oh, right let's strike him out straight away if, if if vegas if you are listening to this i'm only joking i don't really care like i love like i i, I love taking jobs and i take my job seriously I, I actually would never want to work for the Coyotes just because, like, what if they fire me? Then my favorite team fired me, and that would be terrible. Uh, there, there's a certain thing to not knowing how the stew is made, as the old saying goes. And I'm, I'm happy being blissfully ignorant. There you go, yeah. Yeah. That's a I mean, point. at least we get to write about the teams we like, so we're still involved yeah. somewhat, but from a distance. I can and I can write whatever they I want. They don't care. Um, actually, I think they do care, but I know they care, but they can't say anything. That's the important thing. <laughs> oh, it looks like this team is actually going to play in the oil in. The Orleans Arena, which is actually in Paradise, not in Henderson. Well, uh, yeah, they're waiting for their new stadium or arena to be built in Henderson. So uh, there we go. That makes sense. Yeah, there's no official. There's no name decided for them yet. So, do you reckon that they'll try and um, do a similar thing with like the Coyotes and the Roadrunners, where their names are kind of linked somewhat? Well, a lot of teams are doing that, so I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I'm trying to think of what would work. Uh, the silver. Squires. So we got the, the the silver knights. No, the silver squires. Silver squires. Oh, that'd be a good one. Uh, I think you should go platinum knights. Just have your AHL team have the better name. <laughs> the platinum knights. <laughs> the diamond knights. <laughs> Uh, they can't be the Black Knights. That's copyrighted. And they can't just be the straight-up Knights because London Knights will get a bit unhappy. Yeah. They, right. well, Silver Squires may be the best. You don't want to go... You, yeah, you don't want to keep the Knights name because that... Uh, you, you want to be creative. How, like, you know, you look at the... Uh, on some of the other Pacific Division teams, you got the... the you know, the San Diego Goals, the... Uh, Ontario Barracuda. Ontario Rain, the San Jose Barracuda. Like they're all like 
similar names in the sense where like well barracuda is just like another fish but you know i mean are you saying that you're not a fan of boston and providence both called the bruins see that just throws people off like you know you can say hey i'm going to the bruins game oh the boston no i'm going to providence and their logos are literally exactly the same yeah it's the same logo just instead of a b it's a p like I don't Literally. think anyone's ever said, I'm going to the Bruins game, and someone's like, oh, the Providence yeah. Bruins? That sounds... Uh... Unless they're in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah. And even then, probably... Even then, they're like, oh, you're going up to Boston? No. Uh, I, I still am confused what the Ontario rain means. Like The rain, like, you know... Like the rain of a king and a queen? I don't understand why it's the LA Kings, but sure... It's a weird name for a for a sports team. I mean, they used to I mean, be the Manchester Monarchs, but you know, that's yeah. isn't there. There is a that ECHL teams, the Reading Royals now, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So it's a theme all the way through. Could you imagine if the ECHL teams had to change their name each time they change their affiliate? That would be <sighs> chaos. That would literally be crazy. It'd be hilarious, but crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the... Well, I guess it depends on, like... It, yeah, you have those other ones and other ECHL teams, but you also have ones that are actually owned by the NHL teams, which would... that's And that's where the names come from, but, you know. I'm still interested to see when, like, uh, what happens when the uh, the Palmer Springs AHL team comes in. Do they have a name yet? I don't believe so. No. Nah. Let's see. Because there's, because I, I, I think they're still waiting on Seattle making their team name. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was supposed to get announced, and then, uh, and then the world stopped. That was fun. I want Seattle to name it soon because I want to. I want to hear the Seattle Kraken. Release the Kraken. Exactly. That's literally how. If they choose the Kraken, that's what they should play just before the players hit the ice. Just Liam Neeson turning around. Release the Kraken. And then they come on. That'd be nuts. I also like to see something that they do. Uh, something similar what they do at Sharks games, and they have you know the projection on the ice, and they have like a, like a. You know, a kraken on like a silhouette of the kraken swimming underneath the ice. That'd be cool. Uh, I like Metropolitans naming after that team that won the Stanley Cup. Ah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Same with like the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, then you get to just co-op that history, and uh, fans get to pretend it's the same. Yeah, ignore the eighty-year gap between, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were just hot. Uh, they were hiding. Uh, I, I mean, the whole release the Kraken thing, I, I'm not the biggest fan of movie references because I think they end up dating things. Uh, like, even when I see, like, uh, the Kings have uh, South Park quotes, I'm just like, eh. I mean, what, I mean the, the Kings? I, I mean, the Sharks what go for the it? Jaws theme every, uh, every play, every... Um... Uh, power play and right. it's still fun. 
there's a difference between Jaws and the 2010 Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Fair <laughs> just a mi- just a minor difference though. Fair enough. <laughs> I think I think one of them holds up a little bit better. <laughs> I think people are happier with the 81 Clash of the Titans, and there was a mechanical owl in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that you guys want to talk about real quick? Nothing? Not that I can think of. Yeah, we pretty much exhausted as much as we can, at least for for this episode, because um, I can't really think of much else. But we got got through a lot. Hopefully, uh, everyone enjoyed this episode of Inside the Glass, one of the uh, podcasts on fiveforhowling.com. We try to do our best to do much. Obviously, this quarantine has kept us from doing enough episodes, but that's okay. We'll we'll do as much as we can. Hopefully, hopefully you guys stay listening, stay safe, all that fun stuff. I'm pretty sure. Hey, if you guys aren't listening, what else are you guys doing? Come on, you have nothing else to do. Yeah, now's the perfect time to to pick up a podcast that's very intermittent. <laughs> yep, you might you might you might complain when we don't have an episode for a month, but hey, you know we'll we'll pump one we'll pump another one out. We're 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 not going anywhere. Plus, this is just a great preview of what the the season's going to be like when it comes back. (laughs) I'm sure over the next couple of weeks, more information will come out so we can be able to talk about it. So hopefully we can do more about it. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and close things off. Once again, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Inside the Glass. Be sure once the once we get close to the actual season play and Coyotes start playing again, there's a dog cast will be on its way back so we can talk more about the Arizona Coyotes. But on that note, again, once again, we will be back, I don't know when, sometime soon. From Rob Liano, Carl Pavlik, James Wave, we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Take care.